Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips and picks. I'm your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I have built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. And more about the models in the course of this episode set to cover select college basketball games scheduled to be played on Thursday, January 19th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pigswiththeprofessor.com slash new. Check out www.pigswiththeprofessor.com slash schedule as well, in case you ever want to know when things are happening. I've outlined all that there. Uh, but just got a lot of good stuff on the website, a lot of explanations. A reminder, this episode will only cover what are determined to be the best, most interesting games, and a wild card game that's going to be truly terrible. I can't wait to get to that one. Uh, for all the model A-grade plays, join us on Patreon at the $5 or higher level. That level also gets you access to Discord chat. That is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. It's a lot easier to respond over there. Uh, we got a lot of good discussion happening about all the games and all across all the sports. It's a lot of fun over there. As always, remember there are no locks in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grades, or rather plays it really wants you to make, plays where it can't quite get there, but a better number of price would do it, and toss-up games. The results for all recommended picks, the ones here, the model A grade plays, and all the plays of the day can be found in the Google Sheet. Uh, Betstamp is having all sorts of issues uh, with our preferred vendor, so I don't know what's going to happen with Betstamp. We've been on it for a long time, using it to track... Um, who knows? It's all in the Google Sheet for now. We'll see how the same thing goes. I'm not really sure. I've messaged him a few times. I don't know what's happening over there, but uh, either way, it's all in the Google Sheet. It's got the full model projections on every single game. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, it'll be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, you're, you're looking awful neutral over there. Sure. <laughs> you got like a tan like cream background and the, the shirt it's like you're like like a chameleon blending in uh, you know what what can i say i try to just be as inconspicuous as possible well i mean i, I resisted the urge of course to to drop the old line from how i met your mother about it you know a, a chameleon right uh, if, if anyone remembers that episode mm. good good for a little laugh how i met your mother the the only show that made me so mad at the end that i refuse to watch <laughs> anymore i feel like of all i feel like because you and i are on the same page on so many things and i just i don't we just don't see eye to eye on that one i feel like we've just had to like call a truce and agree yeah. to disagree because that's like one of the few things in life that we just you know yeah just can't get on the same page yeah yeah i feel like terrible. I, maybe that'll be one of the episodes that we do. We, we've long talked about all the random episodes that we're just going to drop during an off season of, of random yeah. nonsense. It could be a, a discussion of the end of I Met Your Mother. Yeah, well, and if we find a time that has an off season, I believe this past year you got an entire week off, and that was only because of the collective yep. bargaining agreement with Major League Baseball. Yep. And so if everything goes according to plan, I'm going to assume you have no time off. It's like sure. three days, basically. It's only like okay. it's like the week before, like uh, where the national championship game happens, the final four happens. Like that week, there's like not really much, but like basically it just happens. I mean, baseball is right after this, which is exciting. Uh, I feel like baseball can't get here fast enough. Uh, it shows yeah. picks here on the show for college basketball have been great this year shifting up our philosophy a little bit it's been a good 2023 for the show picks but uh baseball has always been my, my baby my bread and butter so I, yeah. I feel like we're hopefully all anxiously awaiting baseball season to start up again and, and clearly nobody's actually counting the days until you actually have a day off clearly exactly yeah well uh you know the uh we are closer now to the first pitch of next baseball season than we are to the last pitch of last baseball season so yeah. uh there is 
Yeah, there is sunshine on the horizon. But anyway, we're, we're talking about college basketball here. I know you may not realize that, but we are. And before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn notifications on, you won't miss any of the college basketball, NLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits you found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 a month gets you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat. For five more dollars a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Early access the day before the game. Get some early picks in before line movement happens at that $10 level. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still throwing that over here. Uh, let's get to it. All in courtesy of Bet Online. Sign the link in the show description. Current is the time of this recording here on Wednesday afternoon. We're going to start off with the 530 Central game. Rutgers at Michigan State. Um, aesthetically speaking, this might be an ugly game. Uh, you got two pretty good defenses. Michigan State's got a little bit of a pulse on offense. I mean, Rutgers is really just carried by their magnificent defense. Their offense is bad, uh, but it's just relative to Big Ten standards. There's nothing to speak of. It's that defense that's so good for Rutgers. Uh, Michigan State, uh, again, a little bit more of a defensive team. And the pace, there really should not be a lot of pace in this one. We're going to go under 125 and a half. It's less about what the projection is and just more about this sort of pace. I think slow is going to beget slow. And it's just going to be kind of like we talk about with college football games those military, uh, those service academies go up against each other and it's just slow, slow, slow. It just grinds to a halt. And that's what I think we're going to see here. With regards to the side, it's Michigan State minus one and a half. Sideline says it should be, they should be favored by 0.6. So it's a strict coin toss according to the um, model with regards to which side really to pick. No value on either side at the current number. Um, if you could get three with either team, I'd be all over it. But until it gets out to about that point, I don't really think there's a lot of value in the side. Just going to focus on the under. I'm not going to root for boring basketball. I just think we're going to be stuck with boring basketball. Because, Jared, what do you think? I completely agree with you. If you look at some of the teams that have gone over this number against Rutgers, you're talking about like Purdue's and, and Iowa's and Michigan state is not Purdue or Iowa yeah. offensively. Uh, even though Ohio, like Rutgers, obviously an impressive win over Ohio state in, in their, their, their last time out. Uh, but that game only getting to 132 points in overtime. And, and so just to your point, Rutgers defense is uh, really, really good. Uh, yeah. I think this game is going to be like 62, 55, not quite sure who's, who's going to win. Uh, but I think it's going to be a low scoring, fairly ugly affair. Yeah, definitely first to 60 wins this type of game. If, if, if like both teams get up into the mid 60s, I'd just be really surprised. It's like, a, yeah, you get to 60. That's all you need. You may not even need to get to 60. If this game finished like 59 to 54, I'd be like, yeah, that's sure. Why not? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it doesn't, that wouldn't be that crazy in this game. To 6 p.m. Central, James Madison is playing Troy. We're getting a point with James Madison, basically a pick em. Uh, I think James Madison wins this. Sideline says they win on average by 1.9 points, gives them a 55% chance of winning. It's only a B grade by the hair of its chinny chin chin, but I think James Madison's a good play here. I like them to go on the road and get the victory. I think they're not only the better team in this game. I think they're the solidly better team. I think they're better on offense. I think they're better on defense. I think they go road and win. And at that point, plus one, minus one doesn't really matter. I think James Madison's the right side to be on unless they get out to being a, a two and a half point favorite or something crazy like that. Never know where the line's going to go. If it goes out there, maybe it's a different story, but here in these small numbers, I think, I think the Dukes win. And that's all we need here. So, because uh, yeah. what is your what you said you had something to say about this game? So I'm curious your assessment on this one. Okay, so James Madison, I feel like especially over on, on the Discord uh, again, uh, become a patron, join join that Discord. Uh, James Madison was like the darling of the Discord yeah. early in the season. They, they were really were. games. They were going over on a lot of their games. 
they looked really good on New Year's Eve when they beat Marshall uh, 72 to 66, a, a really good Marshall team. And James Madison just hasn't been the same uh, since the calendar has turned to, to 2023. Uh, three straight losses. And to me, the more surprising thing is, is they have not scored more than – they've actually scored 62 points in three straight games, which if you would have told me that James Madison would have scored you know, 62 points in three straight games, I would not have uh, believed that at all. I would, have, I would have asked why they're playing a three-game tournament against like Rutgers and Tennessee. And yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. And so – I have a little bit of concern about James Madison's uh, offense at this point after three straight games. So the total right now is sitting at 140. I think I would be looking at under on this one. I think that James Madison, uh, the lines may still be reflecting how they were playing a few weeks ago. And that has just not been the way that this team has been playing the, the past couple of weeks. So uh, I, I think, uh, I think I'd look under 140 until I see something different. I think James Madison's just missing something right now offensively. All right, good to know. 6 p.m. Central, Michigan plus three at Maryland. Going to grab the three points here with the Wolverines. Sideline says that it should be 2.4, so it's a B-grade play backing Michigan here. Um, Maryland and Michigan, I feel like these two teams, I don't really know what I'm getting from either one of them. And, I mean, that's honestly the whole handicap is who the heck knows? Give me three points because – we have seen both of these teams at times look really good and at times look completely like they do not belong in the right. Big Ten, that they belong, you know, more in the MAC, right? And so I don't know what I'm getting with your team. So hey, give me three points because anything can happen. Or the same thing, right? When we record this, there's no money lines out, but a money line play, I think, also makes some sense just in the sense of anything can happen. So take the plus yeah. odds and say there's value on doing this sort of thing. If, if you really think it's a completely anything can happen game and you're constantly and you're right about that, and it really is a 50-50 chaotic situation, you're going to make money in the long run grabbing three points when these teams either lose by a couple or just win, or you can take the plus odds either way. Uh, the total of this one's 142. Sideline says 141.8, so the model thinks this is priced pretty appropriately. Cousin uh, Jared, what do you think? Do I have amnesia, or did Maryland lose on the road by Michigan to 35 points, by 35 points like two weeks ago? I mean, I, I can't speak. I can't say if you have amnesia or not. I don't. I don't think I'm. Uh, I'm a doctor, but I'm not the kind of doctor to assess that. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, why? Just like why am I, I getting uh, you know three points with with a team that just clobbered Maryland? Just and it's not like this was you know at the beginning of conference play, like in January, and this game's happening in early March or something like yeah. that. This was just three weeks ago. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, this is college basketball. Any team could could not show up day to day, and it wouldn't be terribly surprising. But man, Michigan just absolutely crushed them in, in that game. And you have to think that if there's anything repeatable about what they did, they're not going to win the game by 35 points or whatever. Uh, but if there's anything repeatable about what they did, that you've got to really like getting the three points here. I know it's on the road, but man, they just shut down Maryland so definitively. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I don't know if Maryland can bounce back uh, from that that quickly so yeah definitely give give me the points uh because i looked at this line and i was like i just i i must have just imagined that maryland and michigan game from from like two and a half weeks ago uh because i'm, this I'm sure a lot of people would like to forget it you know i think there's that yeah that <laughs> is true maybe some people on this show who, who picked maryland in, in that one 
I, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, but it, it is it is a good it is a good point though, right? That you, you never really know in the rematch what's going to happen. And now we're getting to the point where we're going to start seeing a lot of rematches. And it's yep. not as simple to just say the same thing will happen. It's not as simple to say it'll just bounce back. Right? Every situation is different. You have to wonder. You know, Maryland obviously will, will try something a little bit different. But yeah, you do have to wonder on something like that. Like, are they able to personnel wise going to be able to do something um, different enough here? Obviously, they're at home. Yep. That helps a lot. Um, you know, that was definitely an outlier game, but it uh, should be a tight contest, if nothing else. Michigan definitely, again, got a great chance to win this one. Again, I can't tell you. I think I think the line is what it is because I think people would say that on aggregate, these two teams are about the same, and so Maryland's a three-point home favorite. But uh, maybe that's true. I, again, I have no idea with these two teams. And so I'm just like, yeah, sure, give me some points because I think it makes a lot of sense. And hopefully we can get just a little bit of that magic that happened a few yeah. weeks ago to repeat itself. Shifting to some late games, 8 p.m. Central, Loyola Marymount getting 16 and a half at the Zags. I'm going to grab all those points. I mean, Loyola Marymount, not a bad team, above average, according to, you know, across all college basketball. So that makes them a pretty solid West Coast Conference team. You got, you know, a handful of teams in the WCC that are all pretty decent, respectable. It's a, it's a deeper conference than it maybe has ever been before. Of course, the issue is beyond the top two, you don't have a lot that's really high up there, but you got a lot of respectable teams here in Loyola Marymount is one of them. Bottom line is Gonzaga just hasn't been that impressive this year. Mm -hmm. And they've really struggled to put two good halves of basketball together. They've not had a hard time for the most part doing it one half in a game, but they've really struggled to do it um, even at all against the top teams, even against the, the mediocre teams doing it for a full game. They're going to need a full game effort to to beat a decent Loyola Marymount team by this many points. Um, there should be plenty of tempo. There's a reason why this total is 158. Sideline says 157, so not really an edge there. Should be a lot of points. I just think Loyola Marymount should be able to score against this subpar Gonzaga defense. Hang around. I don't know. They lose by 14 or 12 or 8. I don't know. I got a lot of numbers to choose from, right? I, I, I've got a lot of options here of how many ways Loyola Marymount can still lose this game and we can win our bet. Old school Gonzaga probably wins us by 30, but I just haven't seen it from Gonzaga this year. Yep. Uh, and so until they really prove that they can dominate this conference, uh, the, 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 meet, the mediocre solid teams of this conference, then I, I'm going to make them, I'm going to, I'm going to, fade them until, until they show me they can. So I'm going to grab the points yeah. with LMU. Cousin Jared, what do you think? So since Gonzaga has started conference play, they they crushed Pepperdine. They they had really close games with San Francisco, Santa Clara, and BYU, and then they crushed Portland. For me, this is pretty simple. I think that Lo Loyola Marymount is closer to BYU, Santa Clara, San Francisco than I think they are to like Portland and Pepperdine. And that's basically my handicap of this game is just almost to the point of what you said. Those uh, – mid-upper tier uh, conference uh, teams, Gonzaga just has not been able to put away yeah. like they they have in the past. And so I think this is just too many points. The other thing I want to say about Gonzaga is, is I think once we get to the NCAA tournament, when people are building their brackets, it's truly going to be build your own adventure uh, with <laughs> Gonzaga. I think there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that paid attention majority of the season they're going to have them going out in like the second round and i think there's going to be people who you know say that hey they still won a lot of games they still ended up being something ridiculous like 27 and 3 or whatever and so we're going to have them you know going far into the tournament so uh yeah i think gonzaga is going to be a very uh polarizing team come march for sure i i mean i know what i'm going to do with them in in I hate brackets. My fake bracket. Uh, Jake made me do one last year. I hate brackets. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they should have lost last year in the second round uh, to Memphis. They were uh, an upset 
Memphis was an upset darling that everybody was picking. And then they, of yeah. course they did lose in the sweet 16 to Arkansas. And yeah, the way if they, if they, but they don't get something together. They're like, so they're really going to struggle against decent teams and, yeah. uh, in the tournament, that's not a recipe for making it deep into the tournament here. So we're going to grab all the points with LMU there to another West coast game, 9 PM central UCLA at Arizona. We're going to lay the five with the Bruins. So that says 5.3. So the model thinks it's priced pretty right. I think the bottom line for my handicap on this game is, I mean, UCLA is the better team. They're on the road. They should win. I like laying a number like this because I think there's a higher chance that fouls. I think there's a chance that if this game's around three, four, five, six, those late game fouls, UCLA can make some light free throws and get it over this number. So I think there's more ways that, I think there's more ways that Arizona State suffers a bad beat than UCLA. And so that's kind of my handicap here that I just think, you know, there's a good chance Arizona State at home hangs around all game. And then at the end, UCLA ends up putting by seven and you're like, how did that happen? They, they were outside the number for a minute and a half. Like that's the type of game that can happen because of late game fouling and UCLA, their defense being so good, being able to get a late game stop and really just kind of flip the game on its head in the last five minutes. On top of that, UCLA is just so good. They could just win this game by 15 and I don't think anybody would be too shocked. So just a lot of ways I think that we can get to the window here, laying a number like this. I'd be laying five, maybe up to six. I don't think I'd lay more than that, but you're laying this many, I think is a solid investment. Uh, total, this was 135 and a half. Sidelines is 135. So the model thinks it's pretty spot on. You have two good offenses, two pretty good defenses. You have an average pace. So, I mean, you know, not really sure what to make of the total number of points there. Bottom line here, I think though, laying it with the Bruins makes sense. Cause in general, what do you think? If okay, so if I had to pick a side here, I, I would lay the points with UCLA as well. I, I've just been more impressed with what I have seen from them this season. Arizona State has some some games where they they win, but it's close. It kind of go either way late. UCLA has a lot of their conference games, especially up to this point, they've just been crushing teams. They, yeah. There has been no doubt they've been really putting them away. So if I had to pick a side, I'd definitely lay the five points with UCLA. But a couple of weeks ago, we talked about these Pac-12 road trips where you get two games in three days uh, against the, the in-state school. So UCLA is t- making the uh, Arizona trip. So they're playing uh, UCLA on uh, – excuse me, UCLA is playing Arizona State on the 19th, and they're playing Arizona on the 21st. Is this a look-ahead spot potentially for UCLA seeing Arizona uh, hanging there on, on Saturday night? I don't know. Again, I would still lay, lay the five points. Uh, I just feel like when these Pac-12 teams have taken these, these in-state road trips and played two games in three days, one of the games just goes horribly wrong. Uh, I'm going to guess that's going to be the Arizona game for, for UCLA, but it's maybe they're, they're looking ahead and they overlook Arizona State in this spot. But again, I would lay the five points as well. I have to assume – You've got a smart enough coach there, and that is a coach that I, I respect, yeah. to say if you overlook this team, you're going to lose. And I think he can point to the spread and say, guys, Vegas only thinks you're going to win this game by five. You can't just walk in and do nothing because if you fall asleep for five minutes, there goes your five points, and now you're in a, in a dogfight. So yeah. I have to assume that they're going to show up and play. And that second game of the road trip is usually the one I'm much more concerned about. I mean, I'd be more concerned about – I'm always more concerned about laying – it with the road team on the second game of the road trip than the first because that yep. staying out away travel thing is just it's just difficult for the kids. They just yep. don't do it a lot, I think. And, and even though you say, well, they do it half the time in the Pac-12, it doesn't matter. It still doesn't get any easier for them. Apparently, it's still just right. out of their routines enough. Uh, hopefully, the first game that they show up focused and can take care of business for us, which takes us to a late one here at 10 p.m. Central. St. Mary's at Pepperdine. St. Mary's is a 12 and a half point favorite. St. Mary's has been phenomenal 
Mm-hmm. Been a great team. I'm a little concerned about laying 12 and a half against a, a respectable Pepperdine team, right? We talked about the West Coast Conference. Pepperdine's also, I mean, they're not bad. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Yeah. At home. I think St. Mary's probably wins this by about 14 or 15. It's just such a big number. I just don't love laying it. If I, if I had to do something, I'd lay it with St. Mary's. But what I do love is going under 143 here. This game's on the U if you want some late night basketball. This number makes zero sense to me. Look, I know that Pepperdine plays like their pants are on fire. But when you look at what St. Mary's has done against teams that are similar to that, they have throttled the game down into the 130s. And that's exactly where I think this stays is in the 130s. The model says 137.4. I mean, I'm not saying it can't get to 140, but 130s is much more likely than 140s because St. Mary's is involved. They will put their stamp on this game and they aren't going to get sucked into what, you know, Pepperdine trying to make them do because they very rarely do get suckered into that. They do tend to keep, the game lower scoring and their defense is so good. They just don't give up points. It's one of those where like, they're almost saying, yeah, the other team, you can go shoot all the, all you want. You're not going to make it. You're not going to score. Right. So uh, Pepperdine can shoot all they want. And when they're shooting 27% on the night or whatever, they're still going to be stuck at 60 points. (laughs) And so it's going to make it tough for this total to get over just because I don't see Pepperdine scoring against St. Mary's and that defense. And again, St. Mary's going to slow it down themselves. Uh, I love under 143 here, cousin Jared. Yeah. So St. Mary's is the college basketball version of, let's say, any team in the Sun Belt West in college football. <laughs> I like I don't care what the total is, don't care who the opponent is. Like it's just one of those things. Blind back and under yeah. with, with St. Mary's in my book. Uh, nothing makes me feel better. If I'm if I recall correctly, Houston and St. Mary's played a game earlier this season. And let me tell you, that one, I think the total was like 116 or, or, or something like that. Uh yeah, that was kind of a dream uh, of mine. Uh, to, to I'm have. pretty sure we covered that on this show and we went under and I'm pretty sure I predicted exactly a hundred points and there were 101 points if I remember correctly. So yeah, that, and that is, uh, that's what I would expect from these two teams. So anyway, I have no analysis here. St. Mary's under it goes together like peanut butter and jelly. Just do it. (laughs) There you go. I love it. I will have to get that printed on a Um, t-shirt to our overtime game. Oh, I'm excited for this one. If you want the most terrible game of the night, Here we go. And we've got not one play, but two for you. (laughs) Charleston at Monmouth. Charleston is about a billion and one, and Monmouth is one in a billion. I mean, this is – I don't even know how you have one win at this point of the season because you have enough buy games. You have enough Division II games, right? Division III games. I mean – One one would assume that that you had enough of those games. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. I remember when I was at Baylor, I'm pretty sure they played like an NAIA team one year. Like you just play. (laughs) I know they played a division three school one year. Like you just play whoever's available. Right. And I'm just like, how does Monmouth only have one win? We're going to lay the, the 18 and a half with Charleston. And the reason why is simply because of this. There are, on these Thursday nights, on these Wednesday nights, same sort of thing, on the Saturdays when there's a lot of games, there are always multiple games that are 35-point blowouts. And this, it just I can just see us Thursday night seeing Charleston win by 35 and be like, yeah, we kind of should have seen that coming, right? So I'm going to yeah. try to see it coming and say, I think Charleston's going by like 35 because Monmouth is terrible and Charleston's yeah. really good. I think it's that simple. And I think it's one of those things where the model and other people's models too are going to have a hard time. We always talk about outliers in college football. And it's the same sort of thing here. It's not so much that these two teams are outliers. There are worse teams than Monmouth and there are better teams than Charleston. But 
when the teams are this divergent, it's just sometimes hard for the model to kind of get all the right interaction effects of just how good one team is and bad the other team is. Mon was lost by 20 to much worse teams than Charleston. So we're going to lay the 18 and a half with Charleston. We're going to go under 142. Monmouth scored like, didn't even break 40 the other day. So, I mean, I know that Charleston doesn't necessarily play slow, but I just, anytime Monmouth's involved, it just feels like they're going to play a game in the 130s. They're probably going to lose like 80 to 50. And so it's like, well, 80 plus 50 is 130. So sure, let's go under 142. We got two picks for you on the most terrible game of the night. You got to love it. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Monmouth is the the gift that keeps on giving. There, like you know, you kind of, especially early in the season, you're like looking at teams where the numbers just not catching up, whether it's the total or the spread or something like that, and you're like able to capitalize on this. And you're like, how long is this keep is this going to yeah. keep going? Monmouth unders are like the one that has just kept going, like maybe in perpetuity. I'm not convinced it's just going to stop at this point. They're just absolutely so bad that they cannot score points at all. And so you know, obviously, you are concerned about how many points Charlton Charles Charleston is going to score in this game. Uh, but I think they're going to take the, the foot off the gas early enough where, you know, you can get right up to the number, maybe you get to like 138, something like that. Uh, but I think this number is going to go under just because I would not be shocked if Monmouth scores like 45. So uh, yeah. yeah, they're the gift that keeps on giving. That's all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think 50 seems pretty reasonable for Monmouth. I just, I mean, the model says they get to 60 and I'm like, I just, when's the last time Monmouth's got to 60 against a team with a pulse? Like it just doesn't seem like it happens very often. So uh, we're going to go under, we're going to lay the points. We got two picks for you there in that one. And that is all the games you're going to cover. Cause I want to go back to that first game. We talked about, or the second game, James Madison, Troy, do you, do you Mm -hmm. like the under enough for us to put that on our record that under 140 in James Madison, Troy? Yeah, let's let's do it because it'll be fun to make. It'll be fun to make fun of myself if it loses. All right, so uh, you could uh, you know post in the comments here or in the Discord chat. I'm going to throw the banner back up there for you since we've added the pick here. Okay, James Madison, Troy. We have two picks for you. We're going to take James Madison and we're going to go under 140. There it is. It's officially on the screen. Officially official. Officially official. All right, that's all we've got then, Uh, cousin Jared. Any parting words? Because I know everybody watching this show is wondering, uh, as of the recording today, it is 220 days until college football starts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we should be counting down baseball first and then college football. Hey, I've got a brand here. I've got a brand. You, you do have a brand. Uh, it's no different than, than Jake with college basketball. And I'm pretty sure he was yeah. on during baseball season talking about college basketball. Like, we didn't get to college football yet. Like I haven't even yeah. looked at a college basketball model in a month. And here you are talking about it. It's in the, yeah. I, I do I do have to work on that player-based college football model, which I'm excited to maybe finish uh, at the rate it's going in like the year 2037. But, um, you know, here, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> one day. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content we provide on this channel. Jumped right into your feed. We'll be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.